When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Planancial Podcast, or as we're calling it, Season 2, Future Rich. I am your host, Barbara Ginty, and I am a CFP, which is a Certified Financial Planner. And I must say, this season, we have really great fake names. So I have with me Nina Saver. Did I get it right? Yeah. Okay, good. And so, Nina Saver, tell us a little bit about yourself, how old you are, um, we always like to specify if you're living in a city or a suburb, what state, income, married, single, dependents, all that jazz. Okay. Um, I'm 35 years old. Um, my husband and I just bought a house in the Hudson Valley. Um, it's country, but not like farms and fields where we are necessarily. Um, we have a daughter. She just turned one in December. Ooh, congrats. And, uh, thank you. And was that my introduction question? Yeah, I think that's good. Okay, so you're married with a baby. Yep. Um, married a year and a half with a one-year-old. So, and then what um, we normally do with job or job so right area. Now, yes, I'm sorry. It, it always slips my mind because it's been a whirlwind for me. Right now, I'm actually a stay-at-home mom. Um, prior to that, I was an elementary principal. Um, prior to that, I was an elementary teacher. And my husband is a sales rep for a medical um, device equipment. Oh, very nice. You're a principal. That's a pretty big role, right? Doesn't usually... <laughs> it's a very big role, let me tell you what. <laughs> Were you young? Were you children of your own? (laughs) Well, you got a lot of practice, right? I did. Well, yeah, I did. Um, You were young to be. Were you not young to be a principal? I I was. Um, Many of my um, mentors and um, friends and colleagues considered me to be one of the youngest principals, and one of my professors told me I was going to be the youngest superintendent, and I told him to pump the brakes. (laughs) (laughs) More kids. More kids. Yeah. So how long have you been a stay-at-home mom for? When did you make and and you know we have I don't know if we've talked about it with anybody on the podcast. I think it would be really interesting. How did that conversation go with you and your husband? Yeah, um, I've been a stay-at-home mom since December sixteenth of two thousand and seventeen. Okay, so you so got a year a under your year. belt. Yeah. Um, it was actually, um, initially it was going to be the six weeks with hoping, you know, it could be 12. Could we work out the 12 weeks? Um, and why the 12? Cause you got I, paid, you got paid for six. I get paid for six and then I could go out for six more 
unpaid, but, and I'm sorry, I never, it was so confusing with HR for me to like completely understand it all the time. But at the 12 week mark, my husband was like, no, you're going back in September. We'll go on my insurance. Um, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, I didn't want to leave her. Um, I didn't want to leave her at all, which I think surprised a lot of people because I was so career driven and oriented, um, that many women were like, I couldn't wait to get back to the workforce and like, you know, get back to me. And I was like, I am an educator. I come from, you know, the world of education and there's nothing more valuable than if you can actually stay home and raise your child. And I know that. And I just, even if I hadn't known that, I can't imagine myself being separated. So I'm incredibly blessed and fortunate that my husband was not only encouraging, but almost like, I wouldn't say he demanded it, but he certainly was like, he was like, what do you want? And I was like, I can't go back. He was like, then you're not. And I was like, thank you. Was it really, was it that easy? Cause like, I kind of envisioned it being like sitting down with the numbers and being like, can we, this is what you want to do, but like, can we make it work? So it was more the other way. Like we're going to do it and then you'll figure out the finances after? It was because we had figured out, he had figured that out. And I think he was okay. probably figuring it out behind the scenes maybe. Um, like behind the know, curtain a little bit? In the and delirium like, of new <laughs> <laughs> um, he, I was back on a teacher salary because I returned to teaching um, when, I, when we found out I was pregnant because my teaching career was um, – on leave for my principal career. Now, were Um, you still, I'm just curious with the teaching, were you still then building towards your, because you get tenure as a teacher, correct? Yes, you get tenure as a teacher. You get it as an administrator as well, but I did, I already had it as a teacher, and that was what was important. Got Um, it. Oh, so you didn't have it. So so just for the listener, so you you had your tenure as a teacher, meaning that you had um, the tenure, it's 10 years to be tenured, right? Okay. No, um, when I was hired, it's it was three years, and oh. now um, in the time that I've worked, it's four years for a teacher. It's five years for an administrator. So you were um, in a new tenured system, so you wanted to move back into almost the safety of the teacher position. That's exactly what I did. I wasn't protected it. as a principal. Got it. Um, not yet. Um, so, I mean, not to say that they necessarily would have let me go, but but it was a risk. Looking looking where things ended up, it would have been risky, and it just wouldn't have also been a really good professional move. Okay. Because um, everybody that I worked with in my district, I had a lot of respect for, and I, I knew that there was outstanding respect for me. So going back into a position that's easy, and also having been an administrator, knowing that it's easier to fill a teacher's position than it is to fill an administrator. And then to continually go on leave or, you know, extend your time, you become a bigger, it's a burden, really. Burden for the district, Um, okay. To have that filled. So I just didn't want to leave a sour taste in anybody's mouth. I didn't want to, like, you know, burn burn my bridges without being professional and doing the thing that was in the best interest of students, staff, and myself. So I was protected as a teacher. It made the most sense. But in that light, I made less. So when it came to could we survive, we were already surviving with my teacher paycheck than my principal one. Got it. Okay. So then so then you switched back to being a teacher um, and cre- when, you were, when you found out you were pregnant. Yeah. I finished out – found out I was pregnant in March of 2017. I finished out that, that season, that summer – and I returned to my teaching position in September for the three, four months, and then went on my maternity leave on December 16th. Oh, man. I mean, you're changing my vision of it, because I think that's something that the listeners really like to know 
is kind of how, I mean, we hear, it's easier to hear a single woman's perspective on like how she makes her decisions. I think a lot of our listeners wonder how different couples make their decisions, right? Because everyone does it differently. Sure. There's no right or wrong. And that, that's a big financial and life decision to make. And if it seems like from a career perspective, it was easy to make that decision because you felt you, you, it was very clear to you which one, which way you wanted to go, which was to stay home. Yeah. Um, it, so it's it interesting to hear kind of how the financial decision doesn't seem like it was as hard to make it as wasn't. I would have thought. It wasn't. And, um, and honestly, I, when I look at it, I'm like, where did we, like, where did we pinch? Cause obviously my husband picked up my student loan, my car payment, my portion of our mortgage, you know, cause we collectively just, we put our, when I say my, we, we put everything into an account, but obviously my percent. Yeah. So when, so before you were not you were, hit. Okay. So before we, let's say, so, um, so you've been married for a year and a half. Yeah. So when you merge and then, and then you had the baby right away. So when, and then everything changed pretty quickly once you had the baby. Um, right. So when you merged your, when you got married, did you merge your finances or it sounds like you kept it separate and you paid your bills with your, your salary and he paid his stuff? Is that kind of what happened? We, when did we merge it? Um, I ended up creating an account in USAA because he's a vet. Okay. Um, cause he was big on the app and that we could move money around and we could see our money together collectively. And I was all about that. Um, so we did merge it. I don't, we didn't merge it. You know, it was like a progressive thing because you have to start moving, you know, credit cards and it was all like the name changing. So it was like a slow transition okay. to merging. But then we definitely, probably within six months of being married, everything was merged before the baby was even here. So do you have your own separate account? I have like a my secret own separate outside account. No, I don't have a secret outside account. I'm just kidding. But you had one account in your name only with your with some of your own money or no? Yes, I have. So well, now that I'm not working, I'm like, um, I'm like allowanced maybe. I have my account. I transfer money out of our bill pay account, which is where our paychecks were deposited into, and okay. we both get a we both get an allowance out of our bill pay. So oh. our bill pay is where all of our money would dump into, and then we would pull out our allowances based on like our monthly budget and like I'm responsible for the household and the baby and my gas and groceries and my spending money. And then he has like his spending money and then all of our expenses come out of bill pay. Ooh. So break this down for me because I, this is different than we've heard from other people. So everything goes into a bill pay account. And then how did you, and then how do you figure out what each you get for an allowance or for like fun money really, if you will? We had to tweak that a few times okay. uh, because we realized we could live on less. And as we're starting to budget um, and looking to pay off debt, we've had to, um, you know, tweak it. Not necessarily, I mean, favorable for the future, but like, oh man, there goes a handbag. But um, <laughs> I forget how we like. Like, how does this come up? Like, do you guys sit down over a... I mean, you were pregnant, so I would say a glass of wine, but maybe not a glass of wine. But, like, do you sit down over a cup of tea? Or, like, how do you – or is it just kind of randomly? Or, like, do you sit down and have a budget, like, meeting? Like, how does it go? No, we have a budget meeting now, actually, yeah. Oh, we really? We have a budget meeting once a month. It was supposed to be yesterday, actually, but it's going to be later tonight because I put him off because 
I forget, he wanted to make bread and I wanted to like do something by myself somewhere in the house and I forgot. Um, <laughs> so our budget meeting is actually tonight. <laughs> but we have a budget meeting once a month that we just started um, in December when we realized we really needed to hone in and pay off our debt. Before that, we would chat about our spending. We were, we'd talk about how we, you know, we both felt like maybe we spent a little more than we needed or we'd reflect on the amount of Amazon packages that would show up and, you know, but we, we openly talk about money. It comes up like over breakfast or at, around the house or in the evening. Um, but now we definitely have an official like budget meeting once a month. Made me laugh the first time too. Was it his idea for the budget meeting? It is his. It was his idea for the budget meeting. Yeah. Were you like, sure, I'll be there. What time? Send me an Outlook I invite. <laughs> I did. I did. And then when it came up, I was like, stop being Father Time. There's things I want to do too. We'll get it done. <laughs> That's hysterical. Okay. Well, so, so tell me a little bit um, about income, debt, and kind of like how you guys are working your budgeting meeting. <laughs> How we work our budget meeting. Well, my husband has a spreadsheet, which is very comprehensible, or comprehensive, rather. It's actually pretty awesome. It makes it much more um, intelligible to me because before that, I was just, you don't really know where your money is going, I learned. You know, you think you do, but, and I always had things accountable, and I never, you know. Yeah, no, it's hard. It comes in, it goes out real fast. and then It comes in, it goes out. I always knew the dates because I only had to be accountable for really like three things, like my student loan, my car, and my rent, or then when we got married, like mortgage. And those three things are really the only dates I had to be like, money's in that account, and then like okay, what am I squandering elsewhere. But um, he has mapped out um, our income, then our fixed expenses, our variable expenses, the summary of all of that, and then our debt snowball as we're paying stuff off. I love a good debt snowball. I love for, a debt snowball. I know you do. <laughs> for our listeners who are wondering what the hell I'm talking about, a debt snowball is what I describe to a lot of our other anonymous podcast guests, which is where you tackle one debt um, more specifically, and then once you pay that off, you take the money from that payment and apply it towards your net debt. And so your payment amount grows because as you tackle debt, you take that money from that payment and add it onto your next debt. And so therefore more money towards the next debt and then you pay that one off and now you have more money and it basically snowballs and that you get to pay your debt off much faster with that type of strategy so okay so what is your income um as um so your husband is working as medical device so you're living off of his income and what do you know about what that is gross uh, we just actually we had a conversation yeah what, today. i wish you had he your meeting yesterday this, um, this was coming because the new year and he meets quota and he gets bonuses and things like that. So he's very cognizant of his money flow because it's so variable. So he's always calculating that. And I think he estimated or her gathered that it was like 168,000 for 2017 for 2000, 2018, excuse me, is what he made in 2018 is what he made in 2018. And, and it, I made nothing. <laughs> uh, that's Hey, but that's what you guys decided. That's fine. Um, oh, yeah, no. I'm just like, sometimes I think about, wow, if I were working, what we would be making. And then I'm like, no, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that. So if, um, and then it sounds like, so you said he does sales. So is his, his income's variable? Does he have a base salary that he gets or? No. Wow. That's a lot of pressure on him, huh? Yeah. Right? Because if he doesn't hit his numbers and doesn't make money, I mean, it's three of you living off of it, not just one person. Exactly. Okay, so is he targeting around the same income for... No, 19, he's looking to 19. grow every year. 
Okay, so he's hoping to do better than 168000 He's hoping to do over two. Okay, got it. And then what does your debt look like as a household? Our, um, some debt, and we've actually paid off some things like in the last month and then we'll, as of um, tomorrow, but for the point of this conversation, our sum debt was 158598 To the T. To the T. Nina Savory, you nailed those numbers. I knew you would love this. Um, okay, so well, 100, I'll, I'll just use round numbers. We have $158,000 of debt. Is that yeah. primarily your mortgage? Um, no, I'm sorry. The mortgage is on top of that. Oh, okay. The mortgage, that's, that's my student loan. That was three credit cards, my Mazda payment, and his student loan. Okay, so that's student loans. Okay, so that's everything. So that's, I, I don't want to make you feel bad, but that's like the bad debt, like student loans, That's the bad cards. debt. And then the, the okay. mortgage is was, when we bought the house, 270 Okay. Now, a year later, 270 Okay, good. And you probably got a low interest rate on that. Yeah, 3.5. Perfect. That's fantastic. Okay. And then how are you all doing with saving? Saving, there's 10000 in uh, an emergency fund, and then we have... 110 in his 401 and 11 in my 403b. And did you start a college fund? Have you thought about that? Not yet. That's happening. That will happen. That's one of our steps. That's step five. Step five. <laughs> step five after we get all of our nasty, ugly debt, uh, our bad debt, I think you called it, out of the way. Okay, perfect. So you have a strategy for how you're paying that off, and you, you've looked at your interest rates and amounts and where it's most effective to pay down of the student loans and credit cards? We, I mean, hopefully, I mean, we think so. We were paying the lowest, um, the lowest balance off first and then maintaining any minimum payments on the other ones. Um, We took out my one credit card and my Mazda um, in the last two months so then the minimum payments for them and the Mazda payment. And, and took out meaning you paid them off. Paid them off, yeah. Great. Fantastic. That's great. And then we have um, two credit cards and two student loans left. And so we're hoping to have them whittled down and, and then only what do you, have the so, student loan after this month. So just to give our um, listeners an idea, what is your what are you putting towards debt monthly? It's thirty five hundred, but we did have the we had a fairy, we had a um an, an unannounced uh, gift of fifteen thousand. I was like, what kind of fairy? Like an Amazon fairy or? <laughs> Better than that. Um, we had a an anon- not anonymous, but we had an, an unannounced gift from a family member, um, oh, from nice. a trust for fifteen thousand dollars, which was what made it able for us to pay off a credit card and the car. Perfect. Um, so, I mean, that took out, obviously, that took out, like, maybe five or six months of payment, what yeah. we would have been whittling away at 3500 a month. So we have $3,500 a month that we put on um, debt. Debt. And then what do you put to, what's your mortgage a month? Our mortgage is 1800 Great. So I, so I can see why with the debt, with the debt that you're trying to tackle, why your fund money got kind of whittled down a bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's just have okay. to find more like free fund. Now. That makes sense because then once you free up the money, I mean that's a big amount back into your monthly budget when you get the debt knocked down. Right. And what are you tar- do You know what your time frame is that you're targeting? I think we're Five hoping years? for. I think it was early next year because we're hoping to have um, his student loan and his credit card 
and my last credit card paid off by next month. Okay. Because the fairy visited again. Oh, the I'm fairy. Sorry. The fairy's I'm coming. Sorry, the visit's going to be live and like. People are going to be like, what is happening? What does it mean he's a fairy? Um, the, we should call we you Nina trust, the fairy. Okay. We got because, a trust check from okay. a family member in um, December. Okay. And then we were informed that we would get another one in January, that it was split up for tax reasons. Yeah, yeah. If you're two different tax years, it doesn't show as income. It'll be 18 and then right. 19. Perfect. Okay. Because uh, you're paying about $42,000 a year with the 3500 a month. So if you have about 150000 in debt and that has interest on it you I was thinking you'd probably get it all squared away in three and a half years a little under and uh, my husband also gets bonuses and that's why his work is variable and things can fluctuate like he could get a bonus that could take out ten thousand fifteen thousand dollars okay so you're gonna you'll do the thirty five hundred that's what you've budgeted in but as extra income comes in you're applying it towards your debt to kind of so the goal is to get that tackled in two to three years really yeah perfect that's fantastic so what's your fund money amount down to? I want to know. What's my your monthly budget? my monthly allowance is yeah. seventeen hundred. That's not bad. No, but it's not you, bad. But that's you I think and the it's eight hundred for me, and it's two hundred for the baby. Because okay. really, all that she needs is diapers. Um, I buy her clothes thrift. Um, if I buy my clothes now, I buy my clothes thrift. That's and that's my a husband. good savings. That includes groceries, which is probably more of the expense. I'm trying really hard to spend less on groceries, but I find that to be my biggest challenge. I don't drive so much anymore like I used to for work, so I actually end up pulling from my gas money for groceries. Ah, uh, that's interesting. I mean, it's all it's all there, but I know how much I have for gas, but I used to I used to, you know, drive 60 300 miles a week and now like days can go by and I don't leave the house, so that's another like 50 bucks for groceries. But I find like with the baby, I want certain things to be organic and just healthy and not have sugar and that stuff all piles up and fresh vegetables all it's piles up. It's ironic so. if there's less ingredients in the in the item you're buying, it tends <laughs> to be more expensive, which makes no sense. Yep. Yeah, less I've, processing, more expensive. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've noticed that with grocery shopping when I'm trying to do like a clean eating thing, that my grocery bill is so much more expensive than if I yep. don't look at the labels. And coffee, when you realize how much coffee you drink, even when you drink it at home, like two pounds of coffee at Sam's Club is $18. <laughs> I, and now I look at that stuff where before I wasn't. That's good, though. It's important along, to know. Yeah. yeah. So it's a big – so you're seeing a big difference with budgeting now that you're married with a baby versus if when you – because you were single for – and on your own for a bit before? Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, yes. Even if I've been in relationships, I was always – single and self-maintenance and self-maintaining and all my bills were separate and all everything I just handled and took care of so but I did I flitted about and wasn't really as you know if if I went in with the intention to only spend 60 bucks and it was 125 bucks I didn't think about it whereas now I'm like oh no I'm putting this back (laughs) (laughs) and how has it been going from having being a career woman to switching to staying at home because I know that I've talked to other women where they say it can be a little bit of an identity crisis because you identify, you know. Oh, I definitely had that. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. Because it's I a definitely bit, had that. when you're used and then to I having. Started... Go ahead. What's that? Well, in the summer, I actually took a part-time principal job for BOCES Academic Summer School. Um, and so that well, got me back out in the real well, world. And that was only half day and Monday to Thursday. So that was nice to have adult time. But I still found myself like racing home because my mom was taking care of uh, the baby and 
I just found myself racing home anyway, whether it be my mom was a caregiver or somebody else, um, just, you know, to relieve my mother or just to be done with work and have time with her. Um, but at, so September when I didn't have any more work, I definitely picked back up on like the identity crisis of like, you know, where did I go exactly and what has happened, <laughs> what has happened and who are you? Um, and I actually started uh, skincare, um, selling Rodan and Fields as a brand ambassador, which, oh, I didn't mention in all of this. I've, since I started in September, I had one month was $300 I made. Another month was 200. This past month was 500. So that little supplemental that comes in is kind of just reinvesting back into the business, um, be it products or being it, be it events. Um, so that's not making enough money right now, or it's contributing to the household, but it's at least making enough money um, and keeping me independent and and enjoying something. Oh, okay. So you picked up a little side hustle. I did, yeah. Very nice, but you're right now. You're reinvesting that all back into the, into the side yes. hustle. Okay. Because the initial, the just the initial startup cost, you know, for the product lines that I wanted to have, you know, for customers and for events, um, you know, it was paying that back because I paid that. I've charged that, so then I've since paid that back. But then just beefing up supplies or products again, and John and I use them, so we go through them as well. Um, so then I buy them through that so that I'm not tapping into like our, our personal funds or the household, the household funds. Very nice. So that helps a little bit. Yeah. I was just curious about it because we haven't had someone on who made that transition from having a career to being, to staying home. So it's interesting to hear your perspective on it from not only how it, how personally it feels, but from like the financial aspect of like going to like having your own bills and your own income to then not having that is like a big change, I think. Yeah. But you're I making think I acclimated a lot easier than I expected to um, with motherhood, but then I think it kind of it came up later unexpectedly, just kind of an unsettled an unsettled sense, and I could be resentful and a little jealous of my husband. Really? Yeah, just having like the time to come and go is he does, even though it was for work, and I understood that, but like to get to leave the house or have independence. It was the independence thing that's a big deal for me. Right, because with a baby, you can't just go do what you want, right? Because you're the primary <laughs> caregiver. Right. And like, even if you want to, as she gets older and, you know, they change, you start to have to um, adapt to their new demands and, you know, their naps or their feeding schedules. So what once worked as like a nap time to Target now lo- no longer works. <laughs> so you're constantly changing. So, yeah, it constantly changes. And you, and with your budget meeting and your plan and everything, is your plan to stay, like, have you thought it out like five years or three years or what is the, or we're just doing it, you're doing it year by year? Um, I mean, we've, we've thought it out without me having an income in mind and we're talking about a second baby. So, Ooh. I mean, I don't see, I certainly don't see myself going back to work in September. I haven't told my district that yet, but, um, I don't foresee that because I foresee probably being pregnant. So, and why go back to work pregnant when you have the toddler at home if you don't have to? Is right. And the other thing I think we didn't really talk about. I don't know if you looked into it, but did you look into childcare? Because I'm pretty sure it's fairly expensive. Um, we did. We we did. I had her sign up for childcare. I took a huge bite. I took a seven hundred dollar deposit. Um, Oof. So you yeah, made the decision that. and then t- and then took it back. I made the deposit and they, they had the, you know, no cancellation for the infant room. 
Ugh. So I ate that, yeah, um, which was fine. I mean, it was like that's small peanuts in the scheme of staying home with your baby. But um, we had mapped it out. It was not my paycheck. What was it? It was like $54 a day. She'd have to go five days a week. Um, it was 250 It was like I thought it ended up being like 11 uh, Yeah, I was going to say $1,000 a month. Yeah, eleven or twelve hundred dollars a month, it ended up being, and then it was all well. It was fine because as an educator, you know, holidays and snow days, I would be home with her anyway, so it's not like we'd have to work that out. So I think it was twelve hundred dollars a month for childcare. Wow, that's expensive. And that's because that I is... checked out a cheap one, and um, I don't that think was you... the first one I put a deposit on, and like I felt sick driving away, and the next day I called back and was like, um, I've changed my mind. Thank you. <laughs> have a nice life. See you never. Yeah, you can keep my money, but you're not getting I did, my child because yeah. it just you you just know. So where it's not the most expensive, it was the feeling that you got when you went in the place and who the caregivers were. And so, but yeah, twelve hundred. It would have been twelve hundred a month. So, and as a teacher, I was making, I think sixteen hundred. Um, I was investing a little bit with my four hundred three B. So I don't know if that number is before or after, but I was making about sixteen or eighteen hundred twice a month. So it was almost, you know, nearly a paycheck. Yeah, nearly for... a paycheck. Okay. So, so not think... worth it. Yeah, yeah. And right, if you're going to have two children, you'd have to pay that number twice, right? Twice, yeah. So then and that... so what we absorbed was like $1,800 was, you know, or $2,000 is what we maybe, or actually with all my debt, I think it ended up being like we absorbed 3000 or 3500 John absorbed it is what I mean. <laughs> is John listening to this call? He did. He popped in. Now he's laying here. <laughs> He flipped uh, over the paper so that I could tell you that our eight-year plan is to have the house paid off, to have our 401ks be um, 474000 to have a 529 that's 73000 He got like exact – where did he come up with 73? Don't, um, you don't have to ask him. You don't I'm have to ask 5 him. At, I'm seeing 500 at 5% up here. Got it. Oh, so this is with investment returns. Okay, so the target is in eight years that you all have your house and debt paid off and that you have – Four hundred and seventy-four thousand in your four hundred one k, and then seventy-three thousand in five twenty-nines. Yep. So I have one other big question for you because I think sure. that's a fantastic uh, plan. Do you both have life insurance? That's our next thing. We actually have that scheduled for next month. They have to come to the house and like take your blood and do stuff. John so, told me. <laughs> so let me give you a little warning. Yeah, and you definitely want to do that before you get pregnant. They won't do it while you're pregnant. Okay. Just so keep that, just keep that in mind. Um, you want to make sure that you get term insurance, not whole life or universal. Term is going to give you um, the cheapest um, cost with the most coverage. Okay. But when you're dealing with an insurance person, they make the most money selling you the most expensive insurance, which is not term. So keep that in mind. Will do. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Because I would say that's the next big thing. Now that you have, you know, you ha- you guys have a mortgage, you have a baby, you might be having another baby. Insurance is really important, and you're gonna want. I don't know if John, if your husband's still in the room. Hopefully not. You're gonna want a lot more on John because, just let's fast forward to yeah. a terrible scenario. Um, yeah. You now have two kids. You staying at home, out of the workforce for a few years, and he's making two hundred, two twenty five and gets hit by a bus and killed. You are in not only a personal tragedy like that you can't believe, but now you're in a financial tragedy, like huge. Right. Because you now have a mortgage, you have 
maybe let's say you paid off the debt, but in the worst case scenario, you didn't pay off the debt and you have a mortgage, you have debt, you have two little kids and you weren't planning, you wanted, your dream was to stay home with them. And that's now you lost your husband and that, that whole life that you had planned out is gone. Right. I know we've talked about that. It haunts me. So that's why I'm looking forward to just uh, getting, getting, getting him insured. Yeah. Done with it, so I don't have to think about it or have the conversation. Um, yeah. And it's definitely something you want insurance on you too, because think about it. If something happened to you and let's fast forward and say, now you have two kids, John isn't going to quit his job and stay home with the kids. I don't think. Right. No. So right. he's going to need to cover, we just talked about the cost of childcare. So let's just say a nanny. Well. We talked about it yeah. yesterday. Perfect. <laughs> okay, good. You guys are on the same page. So yeah, you just want to be careful though with the insurance people. Cause I see a lot of people get sold really expensive insurance policies that don't fulfill their need. So with John, you need to think about what would you need to put the future family, right? So let's say you're planning on four kids or two kids, whatever it is. You want to put them through school, perhaps. You want to make sure that all the debt and the mortgage is paid off. And then you want to make sure that the lifestyle, for the most part, is covered. Are you going to be going back to work? Or let's say you're planning on having four kids and staying home for the next 10 years. And that's the plan because you want to educate them yourself. You want to account for all that when you're looking at the insurance. Typically, with term insurance, you'll be able to afford whatever amount you need for the most part because it's so cheap. But you have to be really careful that you're not sold insurance. You want to make sure that you're buying insurance. Right. The way to think about it is I'm looking to get a car actually right now, and I feel like I wish I you know, knew somebody. you know, And I'm lucky I have a friend in the industry who I can check on things for me because if you go to you know, a Toyota dealer, they're going to sell you a Toyota. They're not going to tell you to go across the street and get a Nissan. So it's, you just got to be very careful with insur- pure insurance people, right? Because all they do is sell insurance and they want to, you know, human nature is to make, you know, to take care of themselves first, even though they shouldn't. So once you get that done, then it seems like you guys are in a great situation. I know. It's crazy, right? I'm so thankful for him. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate like- you sharing all the details and letting me ask you those tough questions, like what it's like to switch from career to stay-at-home mom. Oh, you're welcome. I'm sorry if I got all uh, confusing. No, no, not at all. I think this is great. I think it's a great peek inside kind of such a big change, right? Because, you know, at 35, you've been working for a long time to make that switch. It's a big change. I well, wouldn't change it, though. It's crazy. I love being home with her. It's so funny. She's so funny. Like, I can't, I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine. We said, we said one day, and, and it was John, and that's what I mean when it was like, he was like, whatever you want, but like, ideally, I would have you home with her. I can't imagine that she will be hanging out with strangers for the entire day and see us less and see me even less because his work schedule is on call. Like he just got home from work and he left the house at 7 a.m. today. Like every day is different. So it was just like the idea of a stranger. And I know, of course, like some people, it's not an option, but it was just like, and and childcare providers are sweethearts and, and lovely people, but just the idea of someone else, she would know them better. <laughs> Well, I'm so happy that this has worked out, and it sounds like you guys have a fantastic plan. Any other questions for me before we wrap it up? No. Um, thanks for thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. <laughs> and um, having me, you know, giving me having patience for me to sort that out with my Skype. And oh, um, I've always appreciated your insight. And you were the first person I told John told John one two years ago. Um, oh no, no no. Debt snowball, and uh, he's a man. He had to go read it himself, and then oh, he started so talking you, to me about you, debt snowball. So you, I forgot you learned the debt snowball from me. Yeah. Yay! I love I to did. see you implementing things I teach. 
I did. Fantastic. I did, I did, I did. I told him, I was like, no. I was like, no, because then you take that payment and you put it, you combine it and put it on the next one. I was like, you can't just sprinkle it around everywhere and nothing ever gets paid off. Yes, I'm so happy to hear that. That's fantastic. Well, that's a perfect segue for those of you at home who want to learn more of my tricks. You can sign up for our classes at www.planancial.com. We are running some specials for the beginning of the year, which you can get the coupon codes on our Instagram. And as always, we love to hear from our listeners. So shoot us a message and let us know what you want or if you want to be a guest. Um, Hit us up on Instagram with a follow or comment. And yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.